0: When it comes to having your home cleaned, you don't want just anyone doing it. You want the same cleaning team that provides a consistent higher standard of cleaning every time. Sounds like you need to call MaidRite of Duluth. MaidRite's cleaners are consistent, insured, bonded business owners that use the best practices and products on the market today. Such as the patented EnviroShield home protection disinfecting system. Life is short. Clean less. Call MaidRite of Duluth today and leave the cleaning to us.
1: And hello and welcome to Strategic Insights Radio. This broadcast is being sponsored by Made Right of Duluth and hosted by CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corps, Vlad Ruse. Vlad is a serial entrepreneur who currently owns four companies ranging from just under two years of age to over seven years old with net revenues of $175,000 to over $5 million and a recent winner of the 2015 Pinnacle Award for Small Business in the category of Rising Star. Congratulations, Vlad. Today's show will be discussing accounting practices and taxes that small businesses need to be aware of.
2: Thank you, Mike, and uh, thank you, Reno Borgagnoni, for joining us today on uh, Strategic Insights Radio. Reno began his career uh, in 1982 at Beverly Enterprises, a healthcare service provider as a staff account and climbing to the position of director of finance and management information services. <clears throat> with some colleagues from Beverly, Reno helped start Advinet, a first the first national preferred provider network of sub-acute healthcare companies coupled with a nurse staff patient case management service, which was sold four years later to an insurance provider. In 1988, Reno began as Public practice as a CPA, growing the business through a relocation to Arkansas and then back to Georgia. Reno continues to operate the accounting, tax preparation, and financial services firm, nicknamed RMB CPA, while offering fractional CFO services to all client, clients of all sizes. Thank you, Reno, for joining us today.
3: And thanks, Matt. Good to be here.
2: So today we're going to discuss taxes, business licenses that businesses specifically to georgia and Gwinnett need to be aware of a lot of business owners start a business and they're not sure what licenses they need to get if they need to get a license what taxes they have to pay uh, everybody knows the big ones income payroll and uh, a few of the you know sales tax if they're retail but there's a lot of other ones that people just don't know so i'm gonna turn it over to you and uh what so what tax categories do businesses really need to know that are out there
3: uh, well I'll definitely start off with one this what I uh, see as the most overlooked tax uh, in business today and that is the ad valorem tax uh, the property tax uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, businesses don't understand that uh, the equipment and furniture and uh, uh, things that you have in in your office are, are actually taxable you know no different than the office building itself and that is a Uh, Ad valorem tax, that's due to the counties or the cities, and uh, it's one that you definitely need to pay attention to. It's due annually, and there are substantial penalties when you don't pay. Uh, A good rule of thumb for businesses out there is if you have $7,500 or more or so worth of equipment or assets in your office, then you probably do owe a tax. That's that's the, the lowest level there. Uh, and, uh, if you do, uh, uh, you know, get in touch with your accountants or your, your tax firms and, uh, talk to them about it so they can, uh, inform you of the right forms and all to use.
2: Um, so is this tax, what kind of businesses need to be aware of this tax and what, what do they need to take into account as for for the ad valorem tax?
3: Uh, well, this is any business uh, that, you know, any commercial business that actually has uh, equipment, even home-based businesses. You know, if you're a home-based business and you have, you know, four or five computers and, uh, you know, a couple of desks or something down there, you know, that's part of your business that you are capitalizing and depreciating in your business, then that equipment um, is also, uh, you know, do the ad valorem tax. So whatever you have, whatever you have on your depreciation schedule, most businesses will know what is that, the fixed asset listing, all the equipment that's listed there. Uh, is taxable. And there's even some taxation for uh, commercial leased equipment to a certain degree. So if there are some large pieces of equipment that you lease that would make it be capitalizable as an asset to you, you would owe it on on that as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I know in uh, the trucking industry, which is one of my other businesses, that's definitely one we have to watch out for. And uh, it it also matters which state, county, or city you're in, because that's going to determine some of that tax as well. Uh, because, for example, in the trucking industry in Illinois, where my company is based, there's uh, an exception for trucking companies, uh, which is not all, not the mm-hmm. case in all states. Um, so you have to keep that in mind as well.
3: Right. There are some exceptions. And keep in mind, what I'm talking about here actually is a a property bi- uh, a property tax on property that's not already taxed under another form. So, for example, if you own a building, it's going to be taxed. And assess with the real estate tax, you know, coming, you know, coming through, and in in some cases you you will have uh, product and inventory taxes as well that you're paying if you if you have a substantial amount of that that is a different tax. So this is simply you know furniture and equipment you know in your business that you're using for commercial purposes. Again, it's the most overlooked because people don't think about it. You know, I'm paying my sales tax, I'm paying my income and payroll tax, and they forget that that ten fifteen thousand dollars worth of equipment needs to be filed with the counties. And it's actually a tax return that you prepare to inform the government of the amount of assets that you have, very similar to your real estate taxes for your home or, or your business, you know, building. It's assessed a value. It's 40% still in most of Georgia. Um, and then after that 40% is assessed, the counties then take over and apply their own rates. Most counties are have their own rates and they are very different. So it is a county- Uh, A state tax return, but a county levy tax that you'll get, you know, toward the uh, fourth quarter of the year, third or fourth quarter of the year is when they actually send you your bill, just like when you get it for your cars or your home about the same time of the year.
2: Great. Uh, So let's go down our list here. Next one, um,
3: corporate net worth. Uh, well, the, the Avalorum tax is actually the non-corporate version of the, what's called the corporate net worth tax. So if you're, uh, you know, a non-corporate entity, a pass-through entity like an LLC or a sub-S and, you know, things are passing to your personal return, you're personally filing uh, a a tax return and paying the Avalorum tax. But if you are a 1120, you know, C corporation, trusts and companies like that, those assets are actually taxed with what's called the corporate Net worth tax on the state tax return. So you actually pay that tax with the Georgia state tax return here in this state. Okay, so it's really the same tax, it's even at the same rates, it's just in two different places. So it if you're a corporation, uh, you may be familiar to the fact that you actually create a balance sheet with your tax return in addition to the income statement for the taxable income, and that balance sheet is basically telling them what your asset values are, and they're expecting you to pay that net worth tax on that. In Georgia, it is actually a $10 net worth tax minimum, so you owe $10 anyway. You know, So you may be familiar with having to pay $10 with your little state tax return there, own those companies and, and that's what it's all about. So be careful that you've you know that you've uh made sure that you don't owe more than that. You know?
2: Yeah especially for pass through entities because obviously in Georgia if you're a pass through entity you don't own income taxes for the state for your company, but you might owe other taxes in right. the state.
3: And this is one of them, this this net worth tax. So you want your your income will pass down to your personal ten forty, but on that tax return that you file for the company to the to the state, you'll pay the net worth tax with that. And it's not that material. It's just a couple of hundred dollars in most cases because the the millage rates are very low. You know, think about your home. You know, a two hundred and fifty thousand, three hundred thousand dollar home is twenty five hundred bucks or so. So, you know, you don't have that much equipment in your business. I don't think most businesses have 20000 dollars worth of equipment, so they're just a few hundred dollars.
2: Definitely. But those few hundred dollars can turn into a few more hundred if you don't do
3: it right. Right. Because think about you, a corporation filing your tax return. You send in your 1120 or your 1120s to the government and they're seeing on the return what your assets are. So you've already kind of told on yourself. So if you didn't pay the tax, you're very soon going to be getting an assessment from the government with late filing penalties and, and underpayment, you know, interest and so forth.
2: Great. Well, again definitely something that most business owners need to take up with their CPA make sure that your all the proper taxes are getting uh paid because i i've seen that and i'm sure you've seen that in a lot of cases where even CPAs sometimes don't file everything correctly or don't mm-hmm. aren't aware of what they have to do for because there's so many different
3: situations in a business right and again we're not uh, you know, physically in your location, uh, and we won't be aware of what your asset values are. So it's, it's just not something that we can pick up on from, from the, from you providing us with your income and expense records that you typically do. Uh, but mo- most of us that, that are, uh, you know, that are expensive, we're going to ask you about it. We should, we should be asking you about it and asking you what you, what your assets are and, and, and monitoring your asset schedules and so forth.
2: Great. Um, Next one on our list that we have to uh, talk about today is sales and use
3: tax. Yeah, we always want to talk about sales and use tax because even though everybody always knows about that, it's probably the most misunderstood one. Uh, you know, here in Georgia, your it's a destination tax. You're taxed on where the product is delivered if you deliver them. And that forces a a company, sometimes a very small company to be Maintaining a very elaborate system of accounting to manage every sale as to what county and/or city in the state you're you're delivering your product to, if it's delivered. Now, if you're a retail outlet, then your location is where it's taxed at because people are walking in and, and and taking possession of the you know of your of your product there. But that's one of the things that we want to make sure everybody keeps in mind is that uh, in Georgia, actually in most states, uh, there is a, a destination uh delivery destination uh taxation to it uh which would uh cause you to have to be familiar with all of those different counties and in some cases cities tax rates and all.
2: Yeah definitely because for example you know, Atlanta you can be in different counties and or you can be an unincorporated even though you have an Atlanta address it can be an unincorporated and then you don't have city tax but you have just a county tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes that can be if you're in a delivery style business, because I think most business owners understand that if they have a retail store, they're going to charge sales tax. They're right. going to charge the customer sales yep. tax and then they have to go ahead and, and transfer that o- over to the government. But when you're delivering, then it's because n- people aren't really aware where city limits and county limits are sometimes. And then you have to make sure that you keep those. And most accounting softwares, in my experience, have a systems so that you can go ahead and Tack on the right sales tax once you get it set up correctly initially, and then you can easily just mark which county that person's in and be able to keep track of that in your accounting software.
3: Right? Yeah, you're you're right on there, Vlad. You know the the average business that has a retail outlet store, it's it's uh, you know as they're opening that up, all of their consultants assisting them, you know they usually pick up on the fact that they go on a sales tax. You know it's 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 clearly understood, but. It is that when you actually start delivering, or or when you have multiple offices or multiple locations of selling, uh, they sometimes overlook the fact that it's not a sales tax rate; it's many sales tax rates, and it's based upon you know where that delivery is being made if it's delivered, or where that purchase is taking place if it's a you know cus- consumer takes possession on on purchase type situation. Um, you know, Georgia has has actually done a very good job of really trying to help us with sales taxes. They've They've uh they built what's called the Georgia Tax Center. It's an online uh, uh service. Uh it's it's GTC uh D O R for Department of Revenue .ga.gov. Uh actually if you kind of play around with it, most states are the same way. You know, they're always, you know, the state.gov, and before that DOR for Department of Revenue and just tack on as a prefix of that, uh, you know, sales tax, something like that, and you usually find those websites. But in Georgia, you have a very elaborate uh uh program that you use to pay the sales taxes, which assists you. You don't really have to know the rates for all the different counties and cities. You just basically put in, you know, the different, uh, you know, counties and it calculates the tax for you. It saves you a little bit of time than doing it manually. Uh, and also, uh, you talked about the software is uh, if, you know, the the average uh, uh, software that you purchase today for a business, you know, QuickBooks sage all these applications even on the small frame sizes they they have done a very good job of that because again sales and use taxes are the one of the largest taxes there are so clearly the software companies have picked up on that and, and developed it to help you but again that 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 should be a reminder for the for the entrepreneur that you have to have accounting systems that are robust enough to handle the type of business you're in you might be a very small business just starting out but the fact that you have sales taxes your accounting may look like the accounting for a, you know, a two or $300,000 a year business because you still have that same amount of work you have to do. It definitely. And so what happens
0: is
2: I know a special situation is if you're shipping things out of state. And in what situation, would there be any taxes for an out-of-state purchase?
3: Uh, it definitely could be, Um The states use a fancy term called nexus, and and basically what nexus means is it's, you know, are you doing business, enough business in my state to where you are going to owe me taxes? So if you are doing enough business in any state, you're going to owe themselves taxes, and that. Enough business uh, could be something as simple as everybody can can see that if you have an office or a location, you know, let's say that you're here in Georgia, but you also have an office in Birmingham, Alabama. OK, you're going to owe sales taxes now in Alabama for any sales to people in Alabama because you have an office there. But what consumers and businessmen usually don't understand is that if you simply have an employee in that state, you may be in a nexus for that state and now have to pay sales taxes there if you go to seminars or have trade shows there a lot you know where you're gaining business this the type of seminar where you would be seeing consumers and taking orders you know not just learning something but if you go so a trade show for example or something like that if you go to that you may owe that state sales taxes down for every person in that state that you ship to but if you have no location no employee you're, you know you, you don't have any of those things there in in that other state if you deliver out of Georgia to that state you will owe no Georgia sales tax cuz you delivered out of Georgia and again unless you have nexus in that delivery state again most states like Georgia are destination based tax units okay so that means that if it lands here in my state or in my city or in my county you owe my state my county or my city and and we have learned like here in Georgia that many of them are actually down to city based taxes okay um, Like Atlanta, for example, is 1% more than every other city in Georgia. You know, if you didn't know that, you know it now, you know, because it has its own little MARTA tax, right? And uh, different counties have different taxes, you know, uh, different rates. We start at four and you can go up to three or four more, you know, this 8% sales taxes here in Georgia in some locations. So it's the same application. Just think the same way. If I'm delivering something somewhere, if I have no office, no employee, I don't own any business property in that other state, you know, then I'm going to probably be okay. But but uh, any any of those are the ones that wants to keep on, again, I'll recap, it's an office or any kind of a place of business. You could be renting or borrowing. You know, if you are actually there doing business in physical location, that's why an employee in that other state would, would count. Uh, if you store your goods somewhere in a warehouse in that state, you're going to probably fall under that nexus. You definitely would here in Georgia. Um, that's unique when most states don't get you if you just store goods there, but Georgia will. Georgia's one of those. Uh, and if you own any real property there. So if you own land in Georgia, don't have an office here or anything, and you're a Tennessee company, you're going to owe Georgia sales tax because you owe your business owns you know some, some real property here.
2: And I think sales tax is definitely, you, know, you can usually find out if you're going to owe in that state or not. And the, the nice part for a business about sales tax is that the consumer pays the sales tax. Right. So it's not something that's coming out of your pocket necessarily. You just have to make sure you manage it correctly so that you don't own penalties, which will come out of your pocket.
3: Right. You know, sales tax is not your business's tax. It is the consumer tax. And you actually make money on this if you do it right. If you pay your do your sales tax returns and pay your sales tax on time, here in Georgia, you get the 3%. They call it an administrative fee, but you get 3% of that. You get to keep 3% of it. Okay, so that's, you know, actually a source of income for those that, that collect a lot of sales taxes, you know, where everything is taxable. So it kind of helps pay for the the services that you may be gaining for assistance for a professional, like a tax firm or something, actually prepare your taxes.
2: Great. So we have uh, Reno Borgagnoni from RMB CPA here with us. Uh, so far, we've covered ad valorem tax and corporate net worth as and uh, sales and use tax. Um, so what other taxes do businesses have to be aware of?
3: Well, there's also an intangible tax here in Georgia. Um, the, you know, to define that, you know, intangibles are something that's not real. You know, you know, tangible tangible is a piece of equipment, a piece of furniture, you know, something like that. But intangible would be. Uh, you know something like uh, notes or notes receivable, uh, securities. Like if your firm, you know, has enough cash, you've invested in securities, you invested in the market. The value of those securities are having a tangible tax or could have an intangible tax uh, attached to them. And the rule of thumb that I give people: if you have twenty to thirty thousand dollars in securities or over two hundred thousand dollars in cash, just raw cash now in your business, you. Might probably owe an intangible tail sack. so give us a call. There's, there's many, many exceptions to it, so it's kind of hard to know whether you owe it or not until you actually kind of go through the formulas and, and and look at the types of assets you have. So call a professional to evaluate that. You. So again, the rule of thumb is twenty thousand dollars in any kind of an investment. You know, like you've bought stock or mutual funds or something to, you know, with some of your surplus monies, or you actually have a large amount of cash on hand you know checking savings accounts CDs with banks that are that that approximate and get over $200,000. Anything below that don't have to worry about it. But if you have a half million dollars in the bank, and 100,000 dollars in securities, you 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 probably are going to owe a little bit of intangible tax. It's not a very material tax, it's just a few points on a dollar, so it's not anything substantial, a couple hundred dollars, not several thousand a year, kind of type of thing. But if you overlook it, uh like most taxes in the state, the penalties are 10, 15, 20%, then they start Doubling and all that, you know, each year, and you can find yourself in a world of hurt if you've overlooked it for, you know, a couple of periods. So that's another one the intangible tax uh, that you want to be cognizant of here. And then there's also some, some excise taxes. The, the excise taxes uh, are a tax that results from some of the licenses that you may be familiar with. Uh, You, I think the average citizen would understand that if you were a liquor store, you have to get a special liquor license to be able to sell liquor, right? Well, there's also going to now be a tax based upon the amount of the liquor you sell, or the amount of liquor you buy. You actually pay it when you buy the liquor before you sell it. Same difference though. You're going to eventually sell it. So a lot of these licenses that you that you know you have to do, if you have any kind of a special situation where you your business is required to have a special license to do business, that's probably an income or sales based tax on that, and they call them excise taxes. So let's don't overlook those either.
2: Okay, so getting to some of the bigger ones here. Obviously, income tax and payroll tax are, I think, two of the most, other than sales tax, uh, two of the other most familiar ones for most business owners.
3: Yeah, I think we all learned about income tax when we're in elementary school, don't we, or something like that. You know, you learn about that real fast, but the important point for businesses to make sure they are aware of and don't overlook is that Even if you're a pass-through entity where the entity goes to the personal tax returns, you need to be paying your taxes on a quarterly basis, paying estimated taxes, the government calls them. Um, The government likes you to pay your taxes on time by the filing tax return deadlines, but they prefer you to pay prior to that the the most of your money. They kind of expect to see that you've already paid 90% of your taxes by the time you do your tax return for the year. So if you're a you know, a, a a small company, a little LLC, and and you know, 2015, you've 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 done your year and you file your tax return. You know, you get it done by March 15th of next year. Uh, you could um, you know, most of it flows through. But if you have all this taxable income on your turn and you hadn't paid much tax, you're going to have what's called an underwithholding penalty, and interest for not paying it on time, because they actually look and score you on a quarterly basis of how much you've paid in, and if you've paid ninety percent or more, you're good. If when you fall below ninety percent is when you have to do a a little extra form on your tax return to to compute the amount that, that interest would be for not paying in time. So that's a that's one we overlook with income taxes. We know about income taxes, but we forget that the government does prefer us, and I'm talking mainly about the federal government. The states have the same plans, but they're not as ticky as the gov as the federal government is with it. Um, but but both federal and state. You don't want you to pay your taxes in quarterly, okay? For for income, and the same thing with payroll taxes. Payroll taxes are also due quarterly, but even could be due monthly based upon the amount of the tax that you owe. So, you just make sure that you understand those limits, so you know whether you are are required to do your returns, you know, monthly as opposed to quarterly.
2: Now, um, depending on obviously for for some businesses, um, as far as paying quarterly. Um, you you do get people that just don't do their books in time uh, to really get a good estimate for what they're going to be paying in tax. And I think that's where a lot of business owners really might not understand the concept of paying quarterly because um, depending on how big the company, if it's a small company, some, some will just wait till the end of the year. They have Their bank statements that they take to their account and say, here's my bank statements. These are my transactions. Tell me how much tax I got to pay.
3: Right. And, you know, that's actually fine. Uh, Again, uh, you heard me say the government prefers that you pay quarterly. There's no law. You're not going to get in serious trouble if you don't. You're just going to have to possibly, if you haven't paid enough tax on time, uh, you just may have to pay a little bit of interest, you know, because if they wanted you to pay, you know, if, again, if you may, if you're not making a whole lot of money in your company, you're never going to really have the situation, you know, because not a a, a great ma- uh, you know amount of of income is being taxed by the corporation or passed down to the individual. But where you are profitable, um, it's going to become a little bit more. Uh, uh, you know, clearly evident when you do the return. You know, if you're if you're paying several thousand dollars in the government for taxes, you probably aren't withholding enough. If you're paying in a couple of hundred, you probably have your withholding okay, Uh, you know, or your estimated taxes, I should say. Uh, you know, the estimated taxes are basically the equivalent. If you're a W-2 employee, you know, they get withheld for you, you know, with every paycheck. It's the equivalent for business to be paying that in during the year. Um, but it's not, you know, the penalties aren't that substantial, so a lot of people kind of ignore it. And the fact that, the, the way that the penalties and the interests are calculated is based upon last year's taxes. So if you made more money last year than you're making this year, you're fine. Because all they're looking the 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 formula looks to see if you have paid in at least ninety percent of what you owed last year. So if you made less money this year, that's going to be easy to to overcome that formula. But if you made a lot more, you're going to, you know, that's when you kind of could get stuck with it. So again, it's not something that's going to get you audited, you know, but you will just have to calculate and pay a little bit of interest with your returns. This is actually an area where a lot of companies file their returns and get a little correspondence from an IRS, you know, three, four, five months later saying you owe another, you know, two or three hundred bucks because you underpaid or didn't pay in time. It's always that I got you that they didn't think about. Because they didn't do it on their return up front, and that's exactly what will happen. You'll just get a little letter from the government saying you owe this interest, and if you hurry up and pay it, you're fine.
2: Great. So payroll tax is obviously another big issue for most companies, and uh, well, thanks to all the great software out there right now, it, it's probably one that's not as big of a headache as it used to
3: be. Yeah, it's not. You know, the payroll service firms obviously take care of everything for you. And if you if you're using payroll software, it's going to prompt you for your returns, but you have to make sure you file them. In Georgia, we have a particular return called the Georgia G-7 that's overlooked a lot. People don't know they need to do the G-7. When you do your payroll, you're actually are going to contribute the money, pay the money into the government um, through through you know the Georgia tax center, But the G7 tax return is a quarterly tax return that is simply recapping what you've done for the past three months. You've already paid your money in, so you're not going to owe any money with the G7 return. It's a quarterly recap of what you owe the state of Georgia for the money you have withheld from your employees. So this ain't your money. If you mess around with this money, you are going to get in a lot of trouble. You can get in more trouble with payroll taxes than any other tax Second of that is sales tax, okay? Income tax actually falls later down the line. Payroll taxes, you're taking money from your employees' pay, withholding, you know, they're withheld federal and state income tax that they owe the government and depositing it for them. So the state of Georgia wants you to do a reconciliation once a quarter, and it's called a G7 return. Payroll companies, it's just automatic, you know, and they'll send you a copy of it. But when you do your own payroll, it's an extra step that is... Overlook commonly because it's just that it's not required to do payroll, you don't, you know, so that's the one if you have never heard of the G7, you know, uh, jot that down and take a look at that again, Georgia tax center where you handle your sales and use taxes, you also handle payroll taxes there. So if you don't have a Georgia tax center account as a business, you should get one, you will be able to your payroll service company has created one for you. So talk to them and help them get you access to the same account where you can check up on what they're doing. And also, you know, pay some of these other taxes yourself separately, but share the account with your payroll tax service companies. Don't create a second one.
2: All right. So we covered ad valorem, corporate net worth, sales and use, intangible tax, excise, income payroll. Any other other ones out there businesses (laughs) really need to take a look at?
3: We touched on it a little while ago when we are talking about sales taxes, out-of-state taxes, I call them. Uh, you, you always want to make sure you understand what your out-of-state taxes are. It's not just sales taxes. Obviously, other states have sales taxes. And we talked about that. But when you are doing any kind of business in other states, in many circumstances, you will owe an excise tax, or, or you know, they may call it different things, but it's a tax on your business there. I'll give you an example. As a certified public accountant, I do taxes for people in Tennessee. I do the taxes right here in my office in, in the Lawrenceville area, so I'm not going there. I don't have an office there, but the state of Tennessee says that if you are a professional and you're doing work for any citizen of this state, you got to pay me a $400 excess tax. So there's all these little odds and ends, little taxes like that for many things. Uh, Again, the sales tax is when you, you know, have a property or employees or something there, but you don't have to have a location there at all. You just have to be doing business in a certain area. And we ask the businesses to wherever you have a client that you're doing routine business with, uh, you actually would owe tax for a one-time business deal you do with a client somewhere. But since that's a one-time deal, not going to be very easily picked up on and caught, right? So we we definitely remind you, if you're routinely doing business with somebody in another location, that you look at that city and county and, of course, the state where they're living and review their tax regulations because there may be something you owe. In some states, you'll owe taxes for services where you don't generally owe for services here in Georgia. So, and that's another difference. So you might not think you owe a sales tax because you don't owe it. You wouldn't owe it here in Georgia. But in that state, it is taxable. OK, and some, you know, again, it's different oddities with certain businesses. You know, another good example of if you are a co- credit and collection company, you know, where you're in the business of going and collecting that debt for somebody. And the way you're paid is you get a percentage of the of the receivable um, in the state of Pennsylvania. That's taxable. That's fully taxable. Does it matter? All that matters is that the person that owed the money that you collected from lives in Pennsylvania, and you owe the tax. So there's a lot of things. that So I, we can't schedule them out and give them to you and say, here they are. It needs to be researched. So anybody doing business selling product or providing services to someone in another state, it would be you know wise if you were just to get that situation reviewed. And there's, there's firms here in the Atlanta area that specialize in just that. You know, there's business and ta- business and tax license reviews is what they call it because it's a bit. It's usually it's usually more of a business tax. It's a it's an entrance fee for you being able to do business in their territory. So it's not based really? on income, like like the example I gave you for me. It's just a flat fee. You know, so clearly, you know, I'd want to make more than four hundred dollars from this one client I have in Nashville. You know, otherwise I'm losing money, right? You know, so you have to look at things like that, and and that is. Kind of uh in in an entrance fee to certain areas for doing business and if it's gonna cost you too much to do business there, you know, you you may want to look. And if you do it, you know, California is one of the worst states in the Union. It's all kind of excise taxes and, and fees for doing businesses in California. And if you do anything in California you want to study up on that because theirs are actually pretty material, you know, up the four or five percent of your revenue type taxes. Okay, so something you need to look into.
2: Yeah, definitely that's <clears throat> I think one of the most um, overlooked is is people don't realize that if they're even though their whole business is in one state and they have clients in other states, that because people are barely familiar with their own state and what taxes they owe, and then when you throw in the mix of every single other state, and again, it depends what certain states, depending on how much money you're, how many transactions you're transacting in that state, you might have to do it. State tax return in that state, even though you don't live there or visit there, or uh, other than the fact that you have clients there.
3: Correct, correct. You know, income taxes. Income taxes is definitely a multi state situation. Pretty much, if you're going to owe sales tax in a state, you're going to owe income tax in a state. But income tax may be due well before any sales or or use tax. Now, I've used use use tax a couple of times. You know, use tax and sales tax is the same thing, but they give it a different name called use tax when you pay the tax because you have bought something and you're using it and you did not pay the tax from the person you bought it from who is supposed to be charging you for it. Uh, Or you are uh, in the business of building a product and you're buying raw materials, which you don't pay sales tax when you buy your raw materials. Okay, But if you consume some of that material in your business, though, now you owe The sales tax you hadn't paid it, so they call it a use tax now, and you have to pay tax on that. So if you buy, if if you're buying inventory and reselling it, use some yourself, you know, just keep keep that in mind. If you're consuming any of your inventory in your own business, you owe Georgia use tax on that. It's the same tax rates, you know, same exact return. They just, you know, it's just a different line on the form saying here is product that I have consumed myself, or here is product that I bought tax free because I bought it with the intent of reselling it. But then I didn't resell it; I used it. That's what the use tax is. Just to make sure that we understand that little spin on that word. Yeah, definitely. And
2: um, you know, my advice to most business owners is that, depending on which states you transact business in, you have to you do have to do some research or ask a professional company or CPA mm-hmm. uh, firm or. Uh, the companies that's handling your tax returns to take a look and just give them the situation they'll be typically be able to tell you if there's a a, a tax that you owe in that state and uh, that way once and again this is all going back to when you're setting up your operations for your company you have to make sure that uh you know you you tack on another line of okay if we have customers in Pennsylvania. We have customers in California. This is what we got to do for those customers. This is the taxes we have to charge them. or uh, We have to make sure that these returns get filed. And it can get, if, if you're, and now with the internet and everybody doing business everywhere, uh, it can definitely get to be quite a bit of paperwork.
3: Right, right. And, and you, you summed it up pretty good. You know, when when you first get into a situation of doing business in a new area, you should check then. And that's all it is. It's just a one-time little research. You may get back to know you don't have to worry about it. But if you get back to information, yes, you need to worry about it. This is what you need to do. From that date far, you probably can still handle it on your own. It's not It's not so complex to where if you're doing business in multiple states, you must have you know, a certified public accounting firm doing your bookkeeping now, and it's not necessarily the case. Software is handling it pretty well. They're all configured to handle it if you configure the software properly, and we can assist you with that as well. Uh, and, again, it's that research. You know, a lot of people are, are a little bit afraid to go do a little new research. They see it as they're going to be opening up this can of worms. You know, I'm a, uh-oh, I did something for somebody in Tennessee. Let me go ask the CPA about it, then I'm going to be paying an extra 200 or $300 a month now for rest of eternity because of all this new tax and all. It's not that, you know, that 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 you know uh, amount of expense that you're going to incur routinely, but we do highly recommend that you do the research up front, because the back end penalties for being caught, you know, not being in compliance with some particular state's regulation is is pretty stiff. Uh, income taxes can get pretty complex, uh, and 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 if we um, get a good understanding of where you're doing all your business, and we know that ahead of time, and and you're in these states routinely, uh to where they're not just, you know, one office every now and then we could actually prepare your even your income tax returns in a fashion that will save you uh, you know, money and preparation time. We can we cheat a little bit. We can commingle multiple states and file like one return. You know, there's little tricks that we play when we do tax that we can do when we pay taxes if you owe in multiple ta- in multiple states. But unfortunately for the uh State sales taxes and excess taxes and and, and respective counties and cities, since they're all very individualistic, you know, you end up having to file a return for Atlanta, Georgia, or a return for Nashville, Tennessee, or a return for Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And some of those get a little nasty. But again, it's all just in in, uh, you doing the research and knowing it up front so you know where you stand. It might help you make a better decision on whether you want to do business there or not. So, Try to do that research up front, not after the fact, you know?
2: Right. So I think we covered quite a few different taxes businesses need to make sure that they're aware of when they're doing business in their own state, out of state, different types of transactions. Um, Now, I know one of the examples we used was the liquor use tax or sales Uh, tax, excise tax. tax. Um, And that has that's tied to a business license. Right. So right. what other typical licenses out there do business owners have to be aware of that they need to pay tax when they get this license?
3: Uh, well, let's talk about that business license that everybody, uh, that everybody knows about. You know, Georgia, every city and county in Georgia has a business license. Not all states have every, you know, uh, uh, incorporated entity with its own taxes. But one of the things you have to keep in mind, you know, we talked about excise taxes excess taxes are typically a resulting tax of a required business licensure okay and when you go out and do business in other states most all of them do have a business license requirement not necessarily any tax you know tax though you know we do business down in tampa florida you gotta have a business license to do tax you know to do any work down in tampa florida but you know there's not necessarily a tax depending on what kind of a business you're in so uh you know, you, you need to look at it from that perspective. There may be a license, and but not necessarily a tax you're going to owe. Oh, and licenses do all carry a little small, you know, fee of some sort or another. Um, and most of your... Your states today are, and Georgia does this, when you go get your business license, which is required in order to do business. So this is something you get before you start doing business. You know, you do it when you're incorporating and creating your business. At the same time, if you're a commercial entity with office space or building, you know, you have property that you work out of, there's going to be what's called an occupation tax tax or a certificate of occupancy. They actually call it here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. It's a required um, form and certification to make sure that the property in which you have your storefront or in which you have your offices is fire is proof, you know, fire safe and, and and all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's kind of like getting a, a, a fire marshal's approval that you can do business here in this location. Your landlord will assist you in getting these things and so forth when you are a a, a rental. But it, but where that's overlooked is where someone buys or builds a property. They forget that they need a certificate of occupancy. And it's actually part of the business license here in the in the Georgia area. Um, when you file for the business license, it's just, a, you know, if, if you bark on there, yes, I'm a commercial firm. Yes, I have an office. It's the next field is going to be, all right, you need a certificate of occupancy file with us as well. And those you know, those things all need to be done up front. So when you go and when you're planning on doing business in some other states, you might want to make sure that you won't owe um, a business license there. If you have an employee in a certain city, county, in some other state somewhere, that city or county most likely is going to require you to have a have to have a business license. And that's just that. You know, you're going to pay $50 to $100 to, to say, I have an employee here and I'm doing business there. But you may not sell anything there. He, he just may be your employee. He just may be a remote employee. You know, we're a remote world today. Everybody works telecommuting and so forth. So you, it would be very viable for you to be operating totally right here in Norcross, Georgia, but you have an employee working, you know, in Tampa, Florida for you, and he's working out of his home. You may need a business license, but you're, that, that's, that's the extent of it because you're not selling product, delivering product, or anything like that there. So you see the difference. So the licenses are just a an upfront, uh, you know, requirement that some of the – and that's why they require the business licenses because they want to know about you and make sure that you are paying the taxes you're supposed to pay. So you know, it's that an entrance, uh, like an entrance license to be able to do business in that area. So don't forget that one. Um, well,
2: I think we covered quite a bit of uh, different things businesses need to w- be aware of, and I think overall, it's just a matter of. Uh, knowing where you're doing business, what constitutes you doing business in that city, county, or state, and um, just understanding that there are going to be certain things that you're going to have to pay maybe a business license fee for or a tax for, et cetera. Uh, I do want to thank you again for being on the show today. All right. Well, thank you
1: very much, uh, Vlad, Strategic Insights Radio. Vlad Ruse, again, of Sterling Rose Consulting Corps, Enrico Borgononi of RMB CPA learned a lot about taxes today and didn't realize there were that many out there. So you better know your stuff or get a good CPA like Reno. Strategic Insights Radio is sponsored by Sterling Rose Consulting Corps and Made Right of Duluth. For a free download of a white paper based on the subject of taxes, small businesses need to be aware of, visit Strategic Insights Radio. You'll also be able to find out more information about our guest Reno and his company, RMB CPA, as well as our sponsors, Made Right of Duluth and Sterling Rose Consulting Corps. You can also call Vlad Ruse directly at 470-238-9097. And remember, future downloads of this show are available on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time right here on Strategic Insights Radio.
0: to having your home cleaned, you don't want just anyone doing it. You want the same cleaning team that provides a consistent higher standard of cleaning every time. Sounds like you need to call MaidRite of Duluth. Made Rights cleaners are consistent, insured, bonded business owners that use the best practices and products on the market today, such as the patented EnviroShield home protection disinfecting system. Life is short. Clean less. Call MaidRite of Duluth today and leave the cleaning to us.